All right, I got some problems with you people, and uh, now you're going to hear about it. Um, today is, uh, what is today? Uh, July 8th, exactly 2 p.m. Um, I happen to live in a town that has the worst traffic system on earth. things are not elsewhere, but I've never come across a traffic system, like, you know, stoplights and things, and where stoplights are placed, and what kind of intersections are where. Um, I've never come across a place where a whole line of Main Street traffic has to stop for one other person at an intersection. That just blows my mind. There should not be a stoplight there, obviously. That should be self-explanatory. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the place that I go, the traffic system is overdeveloped for not enough people. And I get that it's a university town, but even with when school's in session, there's not enough people for 30 stoplights on Main Street. It's just not, there's just not enough people for that. And it also doesn't help that either one, a very, whatever system they use to run the traffic system is garbage. Either one, they don't keep up with it, or two, or a combination of both or whatever, it's just not that good to begin with. Um, because right, there's a four-way stop. Happened to me last night. Four ways out. It's got this bizarre, like diagonal, like stoplight fixture that cuts across the intersection, which I'm fine with. Unnecessary, but on which I'm fine with. Could have easily gotten gone with the standard, you know, four post or two posts on each corner, one, you know. You, you get the idea. But instead, there's that diagonal piece of shit. And three cars are at, just are stopped at each, you know, thing on each side, three of the four sides. And the there's a green light, which obviously means go, um, but apparently not in this case, because I am turning left, and then there's a car across from me in the other lane coming in the direction from where I was going, but not turning. Am I supposed to yield for that? Or are they supposed to yield for me? But obviously, there's no sign. There's no sign for like, when left turn, yield on green. No, it's just a green light. You gotta make a little more sense there. Anyway, my door just closed because the just fell on it. Here. Um, don't even get me started on the pedestrian problem. It's summer, all right? 
School's not in session, obviously. But this group of ladies are leaving a adult establishment on a shortcut on my way to Walmart. It's a bar, obviously. Not like, you know, not, not like that. Um, it's not that kind of place. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a parking lot. One of the, well, one of the parking lots, not the parking lot, for this place is across the street. It's a one-way street. All you gotta do is look one way. I don't care how drunk you are at 1.30 in the afternoon. All right? You gotta look one way before you cross the street. Then, one, by the way, no sidewalk. Well, at least they're not crossing on the sidewalk. They're reverse sidewalks. Or crosswalks or whatever. Anyway. Did they cross on the crosswalk? No. I stop initially so I don't hit the person that's wandering out into the street. But as soon as they stop and all of their party stops, I keep going. And this, you know, young lady decides to go, hey, thanks a lot for that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. One, you're wandering out in the street. I don't stop. I don't yield for pedestrians when they are just wandering out in the street. Okay. I make sure I don't hit you, and then I go. But anyway, um, on with today's regularly scheduled program. On my sub, my rant on Sands, not sub, Sands. My rant on uh, dumbass traffic patterns. Um, with this water. It's getting kind of filthy. Anyway, um, what are we going to talk about today? I have no idea. I just started recording. Um, I think I grow something new today. I don't know. She sent me a double snap, so whatever that means. Not doing anything, that's the problem. And all I did to her was send a uh, daily streak of me in front of my television wearing no shirt. I must have beanbag. Hey man, whatever she takes from that is her business, not mine. Where are my idealists? General thoughts. There we go. Uh, since I'm doing things right now, um, I'm not going to do the World Alliance map because I need to bring that up on my computer. We'll go over that like that. So, I'm busy. So, we're going to go with the second to last issue um, on the docket that I created a couple weeks ago. And it's issues of rigor in the scientific community, especially in the public eye. Um, anything goes mentality. Uh, I'm literally just reading what I wrote. Uh, carbon dating, genetics, climate change science. Um, I think I really what I was really getting at was um, what I've come across in the academic community. Obviously, I'm not a scientist. I am a history student. But glaring differences in standards. Okay. Um, 
Science does not have the same academic standards as the arts do. Arts, history, humanities. You get the idea. Um, part of that's on purpose. And I see the purpose. It's so that innovation can be made fast and quickly where innovation needs to be made. However, the downside of that is that anything goes pretty much. Um, as long as you can, you know, complete an experiment, um, and then that experiment be replicated, and, you know, everything's followed, like, according to the steps of the scientific method, essentially, it's now canon to science. Like, it's now, like, it may not be a law, obviously. That's kind of hard to do, and nobody's really made a law in a long, long time, because nobody really knows what laws anymore anymore. So, but, on the other hand, everything that the public sees has been unfiltered. That's not the other case in the humanities. So in the humanities, um, part of the peer review process is that, um, and it's a criticism obviously, but it's a good criticism because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's gatekeeping pretty much. Um, your work is measured up with relevance and continuity to the other work in that field. So essentially, it's, you know, it's, it's canonized if it's good. If it ain't, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's still out there, it's still valid, but it's not like, you know, pushed out to the public, um, not readily available for public consumption. It's probably buried in a journal somewhere as an unpopular opinion until it gains enough traction and gains enough other outside evidence in more research. However, that is not the case with science. Um, uh, the biggest issue I think with this is climate change science. Um, if you can test anything, and with carbon dating to a limited extent, if you can test pretty much anything, obviously like I said, it's, you know, it's accepted, um, and then that's issued loud and clear for public consumption. I don't agree with that. Um, I think it is the responsibility to guard against misconception and misinterpretation. Um, but not only that, knowing when you're wrong, and knowing when something doesn't fit and doesn't make sense. Um, and it restricts you from seeing or allowing yourself to see the full picture. Um, I think that's a big deal with um, genetics, for one. I don't think that, um, that genetics is the entire story of like, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not as influential in the overall grand scheme of things as we think it is, or as scientists think it is, or the general public thinks it is, etc. Is DNA unique? Is it like a finger... Like, well, hey, it's a fingerprint. <laughs> um, it's unique to pretty much every person. It can, like, you know... It can be closer within families. It can be such and such. You get the idea. Is it the end-all, be-all in determining 
what who somebody is or is it just a marker of a different bunch of things put together and then that's being displayed through this thing right So a big example of this is like, you know, tracing back evolution through DNA. I don't necessarily agree with that because they say that because of DNA, we are so close to other species and animals and stuff. Well, how close? <laughs> because if you think about it, if there's only so many permutations or combinations of DNA, of course we're going to be close to each other. Um, that's just going to be the way it is. So, is that really, a, is that really special? Is that really a thing that needs to be pointed to? To say, oh, this proves the theory is right. Like, no, not necessarily. Um, and I don't think we get enough of that criticism in science. We, it's we say that anything is possible, and really, no, not everything is possible. It, it can just be, not a happy coincidence, but something in a larger, broader concept of things that we don't fully understand yet. And, obviously, because of ego, many scientists are not willing to admit that, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Um, uh, it's just a snippet from an interview, but the uh, the brilliant <laughs> uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said something along these lines. I don't know if he meant it that way, but he said it. So I'm taking a note of it. That's what everybody does, especially the scientific community. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm not saying that these things are wrong. I'm not saying that these things don't exist. I'm saying that we don't fully understand what they because. As soon as we discover something, we treat it as the only thing that's ever going to exist, or the only explanation for something, or the only way this could possibly happen. I'm saying you, you, you got to keep looking. Like, there's no such thing as coincidences, obviously, but there's also multiple factors to things. There can't be one thing that caused something. Like, for instance. The assumption now, no longer proposition, that the current or next mass extinction event of biodiversity, whatever the fuck you want to call that, um, is caused solely by humans. Um, while I think part of that is true, I also think that something is happening yet again. That's always happened. And then will continue to happen outside of human control. I don't think we have that great of an impact on our environment to control that. Um, especially with things like the climate change. I don't think that we are the full picture. I don't think that we're the full story. Um, because obviously these kinds of things have happened before. They will happen again. Um, and, also, another thing, the over-empiricalization, 
I'm not calling it that. The over the over measuring of things, right? Like today, for instance, across the country there are massive heat waves. I guess in mid July. <laughs> now, I'm not concerned with that because it's mid July. It's supposed to be happening. It's mid July in the northern hemisphere. It's supposed to be hot. <laughs> like it's. Duh. It's a heat wave, but not really. It's a heat wave because we're calling it a heat wave because it breaks records. Well, you know, hot is hot. <laughs> That's really the only argument I need. I mean, you can measure something and say, oh, it breaks records. It must be the end of the world. No, it's just hot. <laughs> Man, it's just the same things are going to happen when it's hot that always happen. People are going to have a heat stroke because people are dumbasses. Or they're old. And that's just the way things are. Because old people don't agree with heat. That's why they sit in the AC all day. And that's probably why there's more of them than there should be. I'm not saying that we should kill them all, but, you know, life expectancy is, you know, skyrocketed. And now we're seeing the consequences of that. Or just the way things have always been. Old people die. Or we'll have health problems. Or whatever. So. There is that. I need to think about what to do next. Um. Oh, off the. Yeah, good. Um. So all those things are connected. But I'm going to rant about each one. So I rant about climate change a little bit. Um. At the end of the day, I have no... No, I've researched nothing into this. I've researched... I have no little evidence to back this up. But I think climate change will be eventually be a good thing. Um, I think that... Or good thing, I don't know, good, positive. Not negative. Like, obviously, the world is going to radically change. That'll take probably a few hundred years to do that to fully change into what we don't recognize anymore. Um, or into something that has fundamentally changed human society um, across the globe. I think we're still a few centuries away from that, but I think it's going to happen. Um, I think that it will force humans, humankind, the world community to view their outlook on how they use resources, um, how they plan things, how they plan where they're going to live, what they're going to eat, um, how they enjoy pretty much anything anymore. Um, I think technology is going to improve around that, as it always does. Um, yeah. But also how world politics is affected. But obviously I won't divulge any of that here because I don't want anybody getting ideas. Even though nobody listens to this in the first place. Anywho. Um, carbon dating. 
I run into this a lot. Well, they're from all these millions and millions of years ago because of carbon-14 that we found in this. So it's like, bump the brakes. Um, <laughs> the main criticism is contamination with carbon dating because you can have carbon-14 in something that the carbon-14 is millions and millions of years old. And the object isn't. So, you skew your data way off, or your research, or your findings way off, because of that, right? That's really oversimplified way to put it, but, yeah. That's just the way it probably would be. Imagine doing that. So... It, you gotta, you gotta take these dates with a grain of salt. Um, I do think the super difficult timelines. I don't think you know one of these crackpots that thinks like the world is only like a few thousand years old is no, um, no, <laughs> or several thousand years. No, I think it's millions and millions of years old. Probably billions. Do I think? And uh, do I think humans? weren't around for that entire period of time? Yes. Do I also hold a creationist perspective? Yes. I think those two can be reconciled. Because you got to understand that both the evolutionist perspective and the creationist perspective are the, fun, are the, cre the creative design perspective. They're both not the exact thing. They're concepts of which things can be viewed through. And I think a merger of these two things is important. Because I don't think that a supreme deity created the world in seven days. I think a culture that existed approximately 4,000 years ago invented that paradigm to best explain, you know, how the world was created. But... So far, the evolutionary evidence suggests, suggests that pattern, right, of species creation. Now, I should put a caveat here. I do not think that humans evolved from a single-cell organism. That is batshit crazy. Sorry, idiots. Somebody cannot tell me that without me busting my ass off. Okay, that's just not laughing my ass off. It's no, no, sorry, no, it's just no. It's like one of these things like, like the rigor thing, right? It's just, you gotta keep these things contained. <laughs> you gotta put like all these caveats on the end of things. You should probably not be releasing to, to the general public. Um, so anyway, what else was I gonna say? Yeah, so carbon dating, I think it's like, you know, I think the concept is right, right? These things came before these things, maybe. Or this, they came in this order, or they were caused by this in this order. I think that is a good way of looking at things. Throw out the dates. I don't, like, the dates are just... Because one, I think they can misinterpret it a lot. 
because like, you put like these giant astronomical numbers on things. People are like, what? What does that even mean? It gets really confusing really fast. Just say these things happened before these things. These things were caused by these things, probably. Right? Just do that. Don't put these gigantic numbers on the things that people won't understand. And then release that to the public. Don't just, like, you know... Yeah. Um, I heard you kind of said my thing about genetics. But there was this big thing, I don't know, back in the 90s, I guess. About the racism genetic thing. And it's like, well, yeah. If we are so close in, gen in genetic material or DNA or whatever to a bunny rabbit, of course there's not going to be much difference between somebody who is traditionally stereotypically outwardly white and somebody who is traditionally stereotypically outwardly black. Duh. You're not going to find much difference. However, there are certain physical characteristics, this is also the other point I'm getting at, that are unique, unique, prevalent in certain quote-unquote races, we've been over this before, races of people that are obvious. Not saying that these are disadvantages, we're just saying there's differences. Can we all agree on that? I think we can all agree on that. Whether they're linked to DNA? Don't know. Nor do I care for that. But I think we should, like, you know, exercise caution with linking, saying, DNA to everything. And DNA determines everything. And everything determines everything. Everything else. Yeah, like, you get the idea. So, how many minutes am I up to yet? 25? I think it's a good starting point. I think I made my point. Yeah. Sure, why not?